Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our website. Clark.com slash ask is where you ask me questions. And ClarkDeals.com is where I give you the deals. Coming up a half hour from now, if you are someone who feels all alone in the world with a medical condition or illness you have, I want you to know you're not, and I got a way for you to find the other folks out there that have the same malady, and you can communicate with each other, and maybe even find out about treatments that you're not aware of. That's coming up in just a half hour. Right now, we're going to do our special segment. It is an occasional one, backed by popular demand, Survey Says... And with Survey Says, what I do is I tell you something that is going on out there that somebody's done a poll of or survey or whatever, and tell you what you really need to think about from it. And let's start with this. People have become so addicted to social media, Facebook, whatever, that nine out of ten people are being distracted at work playing with the social media. And I say playing with social media because the problem is you get distracted electronically. You'll hear a little chirp on your phone or vibration or whatever. It breaks your concentration. You, you lose the focus you had for what you're doing. And one in five people say that they check their social media account, whatever it is, more than 10 times every work day now come on how are you getting your work done if you're spending all that time with social media and roughly two in three people are checking social media almost once an hour through a work day again how are you getting your work done okay so here's a play thing millennials love having reward credit cards. Love them. And you stack up the reward points for whatever rewards you get. Well, survey says that you don't redeem your rewards. What are you thinking? More than one in three people in their 20s have never redeemed any, any of the rewards that you've accumulated on a card. Don't do that. You know, you're using that reward card to get whatever it is, a free trip, free gasoline, free food, free whatever. Get the free. Now, I said food. One in five Americans, let me say that, I have that all wrong. Americans are eating 20% less beef than we were eating before. 20% less. In less than a decade, our consumption had dropped that much. And it's part of culture now that a lot of people have turned their backs on red meat. Others have cut back on how much red meat they eat. And I'm in that category. 
Now, I still eat red meat. And I know for vegetarians, it's like, you worry about me. But after I was diagnosed with cancer almost nine years ago, I, for the first time in my life, learned to like vegetables. Not just eat them, but like them. And have reduced how much red meat I'm eating. Eating. How much red meat eating. Okay. How much red meat I am eating. Okay, that's funny. Don't know about you, but it's made a change for me. If you want to learn more about these fun facts, go to the on-demand section of Clark.com and click on show notes. Follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Our web address, Clark.com. When you got a question for me, go Clark.com slash ask. Benny's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Benny, how are you doing? Good, good, Clark. Thank you for taking my call today. My pleasure. Well, um, me and my wife are buying our first house. At least we're getting ready to buy our first house. Congratulations. And so we went to look at this house that we liked. It wasn't on foreclosure. It was just a regular house. And then we liked it. And, and I went and made some research and then found out that they are getting ready to foreclose it next month on the courthouse that's forbidding. Now, I didn't understand what that meant and until I later on find out that basically you just go and bid on it. Which now, is the, which is really done very, very little. Can I explain to others who might not be aware how this works, Benny? Please, uh-huh. There are states in the country that are what are known as judicial foreclosure states where the lender has to go to court and get a judge to issue an order of foreclosure. Then there are other states of which I think represents close to 30 of the 50 states where there's non-judicial foreclosure, which means the lender just takes the house. In many states, they do what they call sell it on the courthouse steps, where literally a representative of the lender will go to the steps of the courthouse of the county where the property is being foreclosed, and they'll say, do I hear any offers for so-and-so house? Now, I do not recommend that you buy this house on the courthouse steps, that you take a chance that somebody else does that. Okay. You'd be better off not getting involved in that because there are risks involved in buying on the courthouse steps, including in many states, you have to have the cash right there or a cashier's check. And what I prefer is that you buy what's known as REO. I don't know if anybody's used that term with you yet. REO? REO. That means real estate owned. That means after the foreclosure takes place next month on the courthouse steps, that house will go to the lender, and the lender will own it, and they call that an REO, and then the lender absolutely does not want that house. They want rid of it so bad they can't stand it. And so the lender will, you know, and if if there were people just clamoring to buy this house, somebody would have already probably done it. But now that it is going to be a foreclosure, wait till after that happens, approach the lender, say you would be interested in buying it, and know that now it's a wounded house once it's in the hands of the lender, and you can lowball an offer to the lender. Mm. So you stand the potential of being able to get the house a lot cheaper after the foreclosure than you could today. Okay. I mean, one of the things I didn't understand was uh, when the agent talked to me, he did not mention the foreclosure. And they're actually trying to sell it at the market price, even though there's only like two weeks before this. Now, is it because the agent does not know 
that I know, or is that a company? <laughs> yeah, the agent's hoping you don't know, because here's what they would do. Huh? If they got the house under contract or had a contract pending prior to the foreclosure date, they would contact the lender's representative and they'd say, please give us another month. We have a signed contract to close on such and such a date. Okay. And the lender, uh, it would be up to the lender if they would believe the agent uh, who is representing the seller or if they were willing to wait. Most lenders, if there was an actual signed contract with a with earnest money of a significant amount, like $10,000 of earnest money or something like that, they would say, okay, we don't want that house anyway. We'll agree to extend and not foreclose. So okay. that's what the agent's trying to get done, probably, in a hurry. But again, if this house is a wounded duck, who knows how many payments haven't been made over the last many months? Yeah, you see, the... the I looked at the tax records, and uh, the house was sold probably about 5000 less than what the guy is asking right now, whereas the bank, or at least the foreclosure starting bidding price is almost 40 or 30% less than what the house was sold for, and I'm pretty sure that the guy owes a lot more than that. Benny, you are doing good homework, and I think you just said right then and there why you want to wait till after the foreclosure takes place. The, let me tell you, the chances that somebody's going to be on the courthouse steps and bid for that house against your against you because you're not going to be there and they're going to bid and they're going to buy it out from under you is probably an under 5% chance. Overwhelmingly, these houses end up back in the hands of the lender and at your leisure after next month's foreclosure would be when you want to negotiate with the bank knowing that what you know that this now is a house that a bank is stuck with that they want to get rid of in the worst possible way, and that's when you're going to get your steal of a deal. You want to buy that house 20% below fair market value in the neighborhood where it is. So do your homework on what other homes are worth in the neighborhood, and your offer to the bank should be about 25% below that, hoping to settle in right at 20%. Barbara's with us. Barbara, you have a bone to pick with me about some advice I gave you that backfired with your credit card company. Tell I me know, what happened. I know, Clark. I, I did exactly what you had mentioned. Uh, you know, if you're not in agreement with the increase of uh, finance charges and stuff, that you have the right to write a letter to the company and send it certified mail, which I did. And then I got a letter back from them saying they were sorry that I felt that way. And they closed my account. I had a zero balance on it, by the way. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, so, uh, Barbara, you went into a battle that required a slingshot and you fired a nuclear weapon. <laughs> Let me tell you why I say that. All right, the people who should avail themselves of closing an account, which will lower your credit score, which I is know. what generally you're required to do mm -hmm. if you want to reject the terms that a credit card company's offered you with offered. That's a funny way of saying taking mm -hmm. you from one interest rate to another is a tactic you should use if you're carrying a significant balance oh. and you have no way to pay that off. Oh, I see. In your case, where you didn't owe them any money, no. the fact that they changed the terms on you and raised the interest rate is really irrelevant in your life. And you just say, ah, well, they're not getting any of my business anyway. Oh, 
or if they get my business, I'm paying the balance in full when the bill comes in, so they still get 0% interest. I see. Well, what happened was they did notify me. They called me back, the manager. They said that if I wrote another letter to them stating that I did not opt out or want to cancel my account, that they would reinstate me. How many credit cards do you have, Barbara? Oh, my God. (laughs) I have more than I can count. Okay, so actually, if you carry a ton of credit cards and you use them, you pay all the balances in full or just some of them in full? Some of them. Okay, let's say you take a card and you have a balance on it of, give me an example. 3000 Versus a credit limit of? $15,000. Okay, Uh it's not going to hurt you that they close this account. Okay. Because where you're really judging, and if it pinches you, it's going to be like maybe six or eight or ten points on your mm-hmm. score. Not enough to matter. Because what matters on your report are two things. Mm-hmm. One, that you pay all your bills on time every month. I do. And then the second is that you're using under 30% of your total available credit on credit cards. Right. And as long as you're doing those two things, you know that gives you a great score on two-thirds of what makes up your credit score. Okay. So actually, even though I did have a zero balance, it would still Well, it's, my... it's nice for you to have that available credit. How, what was the credit limit on this card? That was 12. Okay. 12, so that is helpful at the margins, but it doesn't sound like you're carrying a huge amount of credit card debt versus <laughs> your limits anyway. You have very little to worry about regardless of which way you play this. We'll be right back. Kathy, you're getting letters saying you're going to be rich with untold wealth. (laughs) What are you being told, actually? Um, Well, there are three letters. Um, Two of them actually name an amount. How much? Around $2,000. Well, that's not rich, but it's still found money, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, if it is, yeah. Now, I went on your website and went to missingmoney.com, and I don't find anything on there. What so. a shame. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever own a house that had an FHA home loan on it? I think he did, in, but I checked that state. No, you don't check the state. Oh. When it's an amount like that, I always think the FHA loan refund deal. And if you didn't find on missingmoney.com, that's why the next question I ask is about HUD. If you go to HUD.gov, you'll see a procedure there where you can find out if there's an FHA refund hanging out that they want to give you. That is my second best guess if you already did Missing Money. Okay. And so you then went, after Missing Money, you went to unclaimed.org and you tried a particular state? Correct. Three, actually. (laughs) You tried three states. And were those based on where this is not for you, this is a relative? My husband. Your husband. All right. So the three states you picked, how did you pick them? Based on where he'd lived? Right. Lived. All right. That's not enough. Uh, You want to check. One of the states you want to check for an amount like that is Connecticut. Oh. And the reason Connecticut will come up is because so many insurance companies are based in Connecticut. Uh Uh-huh. So it's always good to check the Connecticut Unclaimed Property Office. Okay. And then uh, sometimes it could be money from an ex-employer. In that case, you check the state of Delaware. Oh. Because so many corporations are based in Delaware. Even if they never go to Delaware for anything other than they're just incorporated in Delaware because Delaware has some laws 
that are very favorable to corporations and, and against the interests of stockholders. Uh-huh. And so companies will go set up in Delaware for that reason, mm-hmm. even if they never do any business in Delaware. Okay. But I'm betting the FHA thing. Wow, okay. So try that and see if money doesn't come back. Now, usually when it's the FHA letters, are people asking for 10% of the money? 20, but then another one was 33. 33? (laughs) So the 20% is ripping you off at a discount. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's funny. I'm pulling up HUD.gov right now. Then when you go there, it says consumer alert. Be aware of tracers who offer to help you collect your refund for a fee. Although this practice is not illegal, you can get your refund directly from HUD for free. Wow. Free is better, isn't it? Yes. Call me back and let me know if that's the source of your dough, because I'd like you to have the money fee-free. I'm glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our website. You can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Not everything in life is about money, far from it. And you learn about what really matters in life when you get a diagnosis of a medical condition. And sometimes it'll be something extremely rare. Like you can't even say the name of it because it's so many syllables and words. Some of the cancers that people get that are really rare. And... I know someone who ended up with a cancer that is so rare that his doctors told him there were only 12 other cases each year of it in the United States. That sounds impossible, right? And they had to be completely experimental in how to treat him because there's like no track record with it. And most illnesses that are more rare, it's not going to be that few people, but it's going to be something that's out of the mainstream where the big research emphasis is, the scientists working on it, the medical researchers, the brainiacs, and you feel alone, isolated. Well, that's what inspired the website Inspire, inspire inspire.com. And it's where you, if you have, and share this with a family member or friend who's got something really bizarre, weird, you know, unusual as an illness, it's where people get support from each other and find other people who have one of these rare, rare kind of things. The other angle on it, in addition to getting that Support somebody who's walked in your shoes, who knows what you're going through, because they're going through it themselves or did go through it, or at a different stage of it than you, where you can all help each other, is you might also, I want to oversell this, but you might also find out where one of those brilliant scientists or doctors are working on treatments for that rare, obscure disease you have. And you might be offered an opportunity to go in a trial. Now, trials are not a picnic. They're not a cakewalk. And most trials 
will come up short. They'll appear promising, but they won't pan out. So a lot of times people look at it as a savior, but a trial is just that, a trial. But if you've got something that nobody else knows what to do with and they're shrugging their shoulders, you probably don't have anything to lose. But you have so much to gain from having the shoulder, figuratively, of somebody else to lean on who knows what you're going through. And they may even, if they're further along with it, they may even be able to give you suggestions of what works and doesn't. Again, the website is inspire.com. Check it out. Earl is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Earl, how can I serve you? You have something going on with ID theft? Yes. So basically, uh, about three years ago, I found out somebody used my ID and my information. It took me about three years to rectify it. And my brother, he's 18, and he just moved in with uh, me and my father. So I decided to check his credit, make sure he was okay, too. Come to find out, um, I go to the annualcreditreport.com, and you know, I go through the entire process. Somebody's been using his credit, and I can't find out what exactly they did on it. But I think it was like a home loan, oh. a few other things. Oh. So, I mean, I know his credit hasn't been frozen or anything. I'm just trying to figure out exactly what's the best avenue First, you're a great brother. Thank you. So what happens next is with the credit bureaus, it's a whole different path and process, and it's not going to be fun. You're going to have to provide documentation proving who your brother is and everything you do because he's an adult now, he's 18, it's going to have to be, even if you're doing it, you're going to have to be doing it as if you're him. Uh, yeah, Isn't that okay. funny? It's almost like I'm talking about you stealing your brother's identity to establish who he is. But anyway, <laughs> you you provide the documentation to the credit bureau, and then they will give your brother control again of his credit report, and then he will have to start on a multi-year process to try to clean up his credit because, you know, what you've told me, with him as a child prior having somebody steal his identity, build a whole backstory and all that, it is the most difficult form of identity theft to clear up because it may have gone on for 10 years or more. So (laughs) the first thing is to get the credit bureau to recognize, oops, we need to establish contact with this individual who's the actual real person not this fake person pretending to be your 18-year-old brother. What, uh, what kind of information exactly should I send him? Like his ID, his birth certificate, or something like that? They will ask specifically for that, but I want to direct you to a particular website that will be very helpful to you. It's the website of the Identity Theft Resource Center. Identity Theft Resource Center. It's in Alrighty. San Diego, and they do a fantastic job. The web address is actually idtheftcenter.org idtheftcenter.org and they will they will walk you through step by step what you need to do how you grab your brother's identity back from the thief and then the lengthy process of dealing with each of the creditors that gave credit to the person using your brother's identity to clear that up Uh, eventually 
the process that I'd like to encourage you towards something known as credit freeze. Yeah, I've, I've heard about that. Where you shut down access to credit and you're given a secret code so even if somebody attempted to apply for credit as if they were him, they won't be able to. Do you mind if I give you um, – I have a question. It's uh, It kind of ties into this. So basically, um, about three years ago, I found out a family member was using my credit, and they destroyed it. I'm really um, sorry. Yeah, well, I was able to um, get that cleared off, but it took about three years, and my credit is still not as high as I want it to be because of that. Now, would whatever happened to my brother have the same effect? Like, his credit is going to be low? You Potentially. I mean, one of the issues you face – is do you have any active credit in your own name? Um, I just pay rent, things like that. Um, All right, so, so are you a member of a credit union yet? He is, though. I'm not. All right, well, you need to join one. Uh, he's way too early for what I'm going to recommend to you. Okay. But um, many credit unions have what are known as fresh start programs, which are programs that help you establish credit and a credit identity. So you're not going to really get your credit working for you until you have active and available credit. The best of all forms of that is to have a Visa, MasterCard, American Express, or Discover. Okay. And so um, there are a number of people out there of various levels of honesty that peddle what are called secured cards. But what you're interested in is something more robust than that, and the credit union programs are excellent. Not every credit union offers a fresh start program. Okay. Um, My my brother has Delta Community, so I'll probably just try that place out. They're Um, a a great, very large credit union. Well, I do appreciate the assistance, sir. Well, good luck to you, and and good luck to your brother. What What a terrible welcome to adulthood to find out somebody stolen his identity and used it for so many things. Mary's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mary. Hi. How are you doing? Okay. I'm a little confused. I had a salesman in my shop uh, yesterday, and he works for the parent company of my merchant service account people, my, my credit card processing people. And he was trying to convince me to get a, quote, cash advance if I needed to advertise or something like that. I've never heard of this before. And I didn't know if you had heard of it. or Sure. Well, a lot of lenders are trying to get uh, credit card merchants like you to do the equivalent of factoring. And I assume the agreement would give the credit card company the right to seize your credit card sales if you were delinquent on paying on the line of credit. Yeah, advance. that's kind of what I got got the idea right. of. Um, that is the design of that, is that they know from historical analysis, because they are the people handling your merchant credit card processing, they right. know your general sales pattern uh-huh. and what kind of cash flow you have with credit card sales. And as part of the agreement, it's an extremely low-risk loan for them. But high risk for me, I would think. Right, because normally with a loan... Let's say you fall behind on a loan for whatever reason in your business. Cash flows short. You bought a lot of merchandise for a seasonal cycle or for a special event like Christmas. And cash flow is just a little soft. As a normal business borrower, you would be able to juggle bills and 
handle things as best you can, setting triage up with the money that you need to pay. Right. But with these loans that are against your credit card portfolio, think about the risk you're taking on. If anything happens and you can't make a payment right on time, and you need the revenue flow from your credit cards to pay rent, pay for phone service, whatever it is, employees, exactly, you then involuntarily at that moment have all your money seized by the merchant processor for your credit card. Yeah, I was afraid of that. I just didn't know how many other people, because he just walked in the door yesterday, you know, and I don't know if he was actually going door-to-door in this plaza, which a lot of salespeople do, or if he had targeted me because I... No, he was probably working from a qualified sales lead list that's, that's from the I credit thought. card processor. That, that's, what I, that's what I thought. Think about if you are the credit card company. Yeah, what I mean, a it deal was, this is! What interest rate were you being offered the borrowing the uh, line on? Well, he claims it's not a loan; it's a cash advance. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I didn't even—I didn't even get that far. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> Let me tell you, it is a loan. Oh, I know. But it's a loan without the flexibility of normal uh, borrowing for businesses. You but, know why I so badly wanted to talk to you about this? Why? Because Mary, think how many business owners may be getting this approach. I know. That's that's one of the reasons why I took the time to call. And they may not have any idea about what a stacked deck this kind of borrowing is for a business owner. Yeah, and, and most of my sales are coming from credit cards. What percent of your sales are credit card sales? Probably 75% now. And how often do you reshop your discount rate um, on your I've, credit cards? I've got a really good rate, and I've only been in this rate for uh, three months. They wanted to put a settlement fee, so I had to pay like a quarter or 29 cents for every time I settled. And I called my account rep, and I got rid of that. So right now, I've got a pretty good deal. Well, that thank you for what you just said. If you are a business owner and you accept credit cards in your business, and you just keep going on with whatever processing you've got, there's a great chance that you're leaving a lot of money on the table and you're overpaying. You need to shop your credit card clearance rates, discount point rate, as often as twice a year to make sure you're not giving up too much of your sales to the credit card merchant processor. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kimberly is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Kimberly, you are going on an adventure that sounds really exciting. Tell me about it. Oh, my gosh. What a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. Yes, I am going to do a 500-mile hike across uh, northern Spain, starting in France from the Pyrenees all the way across to the Atlantic Ocean. Wow. 
Yes. Wow, you're one tough cookie. <laughs> I I try to be. Anyhow, it's going to take me 35 to 40 days, and it's it's a very well-known hike that I'm doing. Can I mention it? Sure. Camino de Santiago. It's been going on for hundreds of years. It's a pilgrimage. Yeah, I know people who've done it. Okay, okay. Well, I, I'm taking it in September, and I, there's a lot of research going on, but I am wanting to take out about $200 increment, uh, cash in, because the Albergs, the hostels, do not take credit cards. So I want to take cash out and carry small amounts with me. And I've been reading about this. It's a cash passport through a major credit card company. And it's just like money and you can take it out without any fees. I don't want to pay the ATM fees. Okay. All right. So So let me tell you about prepaid currency cards. This is one of those. So the thing with the prepaid currency cards is what fee are you charged up front for it in terms of currency conversion. And th- I don't. that's okay. where you got to be very, very, very careful with any of these cards. They can, they can have multiple currencies on them. They can have a single currency on them. And the fees either hit as hidden fees with how your dollars will convert into oh. being available or what fees just for having the card it could be completely a bad idea. I remember seeing one of these for sale by one of the money changers in an airport in Europe. Mm-hmm. And then I was intrigued. You know, it said no fee for the cart. And then I went over and I said, well, um, what's the exchange rate? Because it wasn't, there wasn't a sign showing that. And the exchange rate they were offering was horrendous compared to what the exchange rate should have been. So okay, because it makes it sound like when I went to the site, it makes it sound like I'm just putting money in my account into yeah, that account and right. then taking it out and no fees. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. No. Even if there's no fees, the hidden fee could be on the exchange rate itself. Okay. So okay. let's well, talk about let's talk about an alternative for you. My favorite is for you to have an ATM card that has no foreign currency transaction fees and no ATM withdrawal fees. Okay. And then, you know, ATMs are going to be widely available to you routinely. Okay. And then you're able to pull money out of an ATM. Uh, Where do I get those cards? Okay, so let's think about who has them. The easiest of all is Charles Schwab Bank. You know, the stockbroker Yes, and I've seen that on a site that they mentioned that. And their deal is, I mean, it's just a no-brainer. It's so good. Okay. So if you were to open an account at Schwab and you have their tie-in, theirs I think is a Visa card, that then you can use at ATMs foreign currency transaction fee-free and ATM fee-free also. It's completely just straight-up money. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you tuning in to The Clark Howard Show. And if you'd like more fun stuff to listen to by podcast, well, we have our Empowerment Zone. This is where you get to hear the stories of people that have done amazing things, either in overcoming hardship in their lives 
or things they've done to accomplish, go to clark.com slash empowermentzone.